0: Welcome to this uh, community talk. This is the first time we're doing this. I guess we did one on Ethereum, but I, I wasn't able to join. So I've got no idea how that went. Could have listened to the recording, but I only did like half of it. So I thought like maybe we can try this um, new thing. So the, the background is, um, if, you don't, if you don't know, we create uh, Tokenomics 101 articles, right? And we do that for protocols that interest us. And so we write an article, we have a template for that, so we try to analyze them all in a similar way, so which I look at uh, what the protocol actually is, maybe we'll a little bit about what their business model is, look into what the token does, describe the different mechanisms, um, look into distribution unlocks of the token, then figure out the demand drivers and um, the value creation and value capture. And that's kind of what, what these articles are about. And, that. If you go to our website or to Substack, you'll see there's a whole bunch of them that we have created, that we've gone through. And um, yeah, so we recently had this thought, like, okay, what are we doing with these articles? We publish the articles, then we do a Twitter thread mostly on them. We do walkthrough video of the diagram sometimes. So why don't we just add this on top as well, that we do a talk? Maybe like people are interested in discussing the tokenomics and and um, figuring out about the protocol or just yeah join in on a conversation about it. So this is the idea of this of this talk right? I, I want to just maybe um, walk you guys through dyDx to start with not too long, just like a little bit then um, and and then together with you guys, figure out what um, maybe an investment theory for it could be. So this is something we've been thinking about um that's kind of missing in our tokenomics one one pieces because they're currently just their analysis of the Technology of the tokenomics. So, but something that we could add and that we've been thinking of is to to also analyze maybe the, the catalysts for for investment, um, the the drivers for that. What could happen with the protocol in the future? To help people to form an opinion on that. Um, so maybe that's something we can dive in today. Uh, I've got a few ideas on it, and um, yeah, maybe also talk about protocol improvements. So that's kind of what we want to do. <clears throat> so maybe I'll just start, maybe like 10 minutes or so. I'll try and walk you through DYDX. And ideally, if you guys want to follow along, I've got this article. I've got no idea
1: how to send a message here. Um, yeah, I'll post it in general. The, this is just the, the piece that, we're, that I'm talking about on Substack.
0: So, dydx, right? If you if you don't know, it is kind of an exchange that allows you to trade with leverage, perpetuals. So there's like um, never-ending future co- futures contracts in a way. Um, so you can do that on dydx. You can log in to the platform and take on great amount of leverage to, um, yeah, pile into ETH and long the merge trade or whatever. Or short something, um, that's kind of what you could do with that. And the specialty is that they are somewhat the exchange is like somewhat decentralized, but the um, but there's they've got an off chain order book that's running, and um, yeah, they, they also have like a centralized entity that takes care of a lot of the stuff that runs in the background, i.e., managing the protocol, taking in the revenue streams, and yeah, so that's kind of an off-chain um, centralized component, the DYDX foundation that they have. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what the, what the protocol does, right? They have this order book and matching engine that's completely off-chain, so not like uh, Uniswap where they have an automated market maker. They really have an order book, an order book. And I think the, the benefits of that is just like faster execution speed for, for traders. Um, they can tap into institutional... Liquidity, um, so those are just, I guess, some of the benefits that what they're currently doing gives them. Now, they're going to change a lot of things. They've announced this in June that, they will, that they're working on a DYDX version 4. Um, that's going to be like standalone based on the Cosmos blockchain, so they're going to move away. Currently, they're running on Ethereum and I think also on um, Layer 2. Could be that they're only running on Layer 2. But yeah, they're, they're trying to go onto the Cosmos ecosystem and build their own standalone um, blockchain doing all of this. And they also want to um, decentralize the, the order book and the foundation. So a lot of these components that are currently, decentralized, they wanna, um, uh, currently centralized, they want to decentralize them. So then um, with that in mind, maybe let's look at the, at the token. So I'm currently, I'm just, I'm just, I've just opened up this diagram that I've, that I've made for, for this. And in the diagram, you'll see there's the DYDX protocol. So basically, if you log into their website, that's what you see. You have this um, decentralized exchange. You'll deposit some funds, some DAI or USDC into a smart contract onto their exchange. And then you can go, you can, you can start trading, right? So you can take on leverage and, and put on a trade. And, um, what happens then? Basically, this this trade is then put to this DYDX Trading Inc, which is the foundation run against the order book, and your trade sort of gets executed, hopefully. Or you can, yeah, d- depending on what you what you set up, that will happen. And, um, yeah, then the the trader for doing that trade, they pay a fee, as as usually this goes. The trade the the fee is paid to the DYDX uh, trading inc. And they'll, they'll basically keep this in a centralized entity. So this is something like super interesting that we try when we analyze these, these kind of protocols that we look at immediately. Like how do they, what do they do with their revenue? How do they, how do they make money? And so, yeah, obviously if you have a, a governance token and DYDX is supposed to be a governance token. And if what you govern over is actually just a treasury of tokens that you yourself have minted the value prop or the demand for this government governance token, in my opinion, isn't, or can't be that high. It can't be that, um, can't be that good. Um, Right. It would be different if the treasury would be accruing or would be collecting that revenue that happens. And that's really something that I I think they're going to implement in, in version four. So that's when this whole DYDX thing could become a lot more interesting. So anyway, and that's how the trading goes, right? You you uh, put some money in, you trade, and then you, you pay a fee for that, and that fee goes to the, the trading inc. Um, and that's that's really all, right? It doesn't have that component of Uniswap where you have liquidity being provided because the liquidity is provided to that centralized entity. So they have, like, professional market makers in there that provide liquidity that, that do, the, do the trades um, with an order book. And, um, yeah, that... <laughs> pretty boring in itself and what it does. And then I guess there's a foundation involved sort of in this whole play. They they take care of software development and building a brand and stuff like that. And then there's a DYDX community um, that has some governance power and decision power over the treasury. But like I said, the, the treasury is filled out of the Genesis supply and then not used for anything else. So it's kind of similar like to Uniswap, I guess. Um, yeah, where the Uniswap treasury received a ton of UNI tokens, and the UNI holders can govern what to do with the UNI tokens, but there's no new tokens coming in. And I guess, yeah, that's... I don't know, I wouldn't want to... I mean, it's interesting to govern over it, but it's sort of, yeah, it's kind of like a closed loop, like a circle. There, There's no new money coming in that you're going to govern over. Anyway, guys, if you have any questions while I'm talking, please feel free to raise your hand. I'm happy to give anyone the microphone to come up and, and just talk about stuff as we go along. But yeah, in the meantime, I'll, I'll just continue, right? So there's, um, th- those are the, basically the things. Then they've got two other interesting mechanisms. There's this safety module. I think Aave has a similar safety module type. Um, and yeah, they, you put in tokens and they use that in ter- like for, for shortfall events, like when there's like smart contract risk um, or things like that. And you deposit your DYDX token and you receive more DYDX token. Now, the, like, if that mechanism really makes sense, I don't know. And I don't really think so. Like, why wouldn't you use an uncorrelated asset to, um, to back that, right? Because if, 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 if there is a shortfall event, a smart contract risk or something happening, then wouldn't the token go down anyway? And then wouldn't it be dumb to then release more tokens to, to use that safety module for that? Wouldn't you, like, rather hold USDC, right? So for me, this seems to be something um, just to give the token some utility.
1: But anyway, uh, Kaiser, you had a question. Yeah. So basically, I just wanted to ask a few questions about tokenomics. Uh,
0: so is it uh, like, would it be uh, like appropriate for me to ask it right now, or should I keep my questions for the community of DYDX? Like, like generally about DYDX, or do you have like general tokenomics questions? No, I have questions regarding code economics DAO, the whole server and how it operates and what can be done and everything. Oh, Okay, then let's please park that and um, take it offline. Please feel free to um, ping me or uh, Mason or Lovis and then we can, we can uh, sort you out in terms of your questions. Okay. But because this okay. talk is really only about um, DYDX. Sure, thanks for sure, reaching sure, out. Sure. Yeah, cool. Sure. Let's, but,
2: let's but, I have, but, but I have uh, heard a lot about DYDX community. If, if you can just give a very brief introduction of DYDX, how it is and what it does, would be great. Thanks much.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, we pretty much just did that. So it's a perpetual um, leverage trading decentralized protocol. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it does. It allows you to trade with leverage. And so maybe let me get back to, where where I start right? We have the safety module, and the safety module, um you will you'll stake your DYDX token and, and earn more DYDX token, right? So this like what Kobe in one of his pieces titled like for for Ape Coin like the death of staking. It's not really staking. I don't know why they even are allowed to call it staking or or call it staking because staking for me is when I mean in in the in the sense of the safety module. Yeah, maybe you have um a little bit at stake, but yeah, it's still. Yeah, a weird mechanism that seems to be designed for giving the token some artificial utility. Okay, so then there's the liquidity module. That's, I guess, like another part of this whole DYDX protocol. Liquidity module is really for their own liquidity, so that they can provide liquidity for trading pairs of USDC and DYDX, right? So there's some Genesis supply that went into the liquidity pool, um, DYDX tokens, and then token holders. Uh, can deposit USDC and earn a yield in DYDX. Uh, and, and they're presumably going to deposit this, these token pairs on decentralized exchanges like Uniswap or Switching Swap. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what that does. And yeah, I guess the only really interesting mechanism is the mechanisms that traders, so the people that go to the exchange and put up trades... Like, they pay a fee, right? That's what I said in the beginning. So that they, by holding tokens, um, they can reduce their fees. And so that's really interesting if you think about, like, what this would be applicable for. Of course, like, if if you're really just, like, a retail trader and you, yeah, you trade, like, a very, very low volume, this wouldn't be that interesting. But for people who trade a larger volume... um, this could be an interesting case for holding DYDX tokens, right? Because, like, the more tokens you hold, um, you uh, yeah, the, the more reduction in trading fees you'll have, and then there's also a token incentive, so they'll pay you tokens based on the trade volume you put through, right? So, they and and that's an interesting um mechanism if you think about their value creation, right? They, of course their revenue stream is collecting a portion of, of trading fees, so they want to encourage as much trading as possible. Um, so they're going to pay token holders that do a lot of volume, pay them some tokens, and I'm sure they have calculated this out so that the people who hold some DYDX tokens, they, get a, they have to pay like a reduced, reduced fee. And so yeah, that's kind of um, what the token really does. I see the major demand driver for the token generally being this reduction of transaction fees and then um, maybe a little bit on on governance. Um, but that's it. And the value creation or the value capture, yeah, is sort of in line with that, right? You have this decentralized um, <clears throat> trading thing and, uh, yeah, you... Uh, um, and 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 kind of the token sort of is held by more users if more people trade and want to reduce their fees, that may, might be like a theory for how the token accrues value. And then maybe just like one last thing before we can maybe uh, we can start talking about or discussing is the distribution unlocks. They've got like a fairly normal distribution of tokens and. The only thing is that uh, like it's vesting over a time frame of four years. The how many tokens they have? Got about it somewhere in the diagram. It's a billion, a billion tokens, and they're vesting over the time frame of five years. And currently, we're like when I wrote this piece, they have like hundred million in circulation, which is not a lot, right? So that and if you like to a billion, that's uh, yeah, like nine hundred million additional tokens, if my math is correct, that are gonna enter circulation in the next five years. So that's gonna be really interesting to figure out and
1: see um, where this goes. So yeah, um, I guess like, are there any, any, any questions to that?
0: Are there any ideas in terms of investment theory or improvements for the protocol? Uh, what could be done with it? please uh,
1: feel free to raise your hand and step up and, um, yeah, bring that in while we do that. I
3: guess um, meet. Yeah. just one, one point that I'm wondering. So currently, DYDX is um, operating from an order book, right, with uh, professional market makers in the back. But then their goal is to be fully decentralized by the end of this year, which is pretty soon. So does that include um, trading then based on liquidity pools or is the order book going to stay or is that going to get decentralized as well? Do you know?
0: I think from their announcement, they're going to keep the order book but they're, they're, and they're making it off-chain. So the announcement says, rebuilding DYDX as a standalone Cosmos-based blockchain featuring a fully decentralized off-chain order book and matching engine. So to me, it seems like it's going to be somewhat... Off chain, but decentralized. Um, yeah, mm. no idea what this really means. Um, but it sounds to me, to me, this sounds quite interesting, right? And then I think I also read somewhere that this whole upgrade includes getting rid of the DYDX trading ink sure. or like moving that into the background. And um, from an investment perspective, right? If now the governance where the token not only governs over a treasury of DYDX tokens, but it now also governs over a treasury that has trading revenue flowing into it, it becomes a lot more attractive. If that happens, right? If they, if they move to that new thing.
3: So that means possibly with that upgrade, update over time, the token, basically they, they may have launched a token to have it and they'd launch a product so that they can... Uh, essentially, bootstrap to the point where they're much more decentralized, and the token ends up being, I guess, more like a revenue share. Like, I guess there's like some sort of promise of a dividend. Then at that point,
0: they
1: don't um, have
3: that potential. yet.
0: They're yeah. they're talking about, but I mean, like, if you have the power to govern over a treasury that has, so maybe one interesting point, and I'll have that. I'll mention that in the article. I went to Token Terminal, and Token Terminal is a website where you can see kind of the revenues that different protocols have. And DYDX is third among uh, decentralized applications, right? It's like Looks Rare, OpenSea, and then comes DYDX. Now, this is revenue, it's not profit, but anyway, like there's like 200 million or so that they have over six months. And that revenue, goes to the trading inc, right, a centralized corporation. So the token has no real attachment to that. But what if they now put this into the treasury? this like 200 million half a year. uh, Revenue, right? Then the token all of a sudden becomes a lot more attractive because if you can decide what happens with that treasury, uh, that gives you power to influence certain things, like how that money's spent maybe, right? I don't know sure. to what extent they're going to enable that, but that's just what came to mind, right? There's this, this, kind of like catalyst approaching when they're moving to this new thing, that could include a change in tokenomics, um,
1: yeah. and yeah, in terms of in, in in governance power too. Can you guys hear yeah. me? Yep. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay,
4: it started, started working in. Um, cool. So. I I just wanted to sort of like um I guess like the demand for the token is sort of like directly mapped to the amount of people that are gonna want uh like to get a discount on
1: trading, right? Currently at least. Yeah. 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 I see that so, as a main driver. Yeah. Because like the gov the, I don't know if
4: they detail anywhere like you mentioned, like what extent the governance uh has, right? As in does it actually Do you have the ability to change, I guess, the direction of of current, I guess, yeah, infrastructure, or can it just be sort of like to say, well, maybe we should um, use uh, the treasury assets to develop such and such?
0: Yeah, so currently the the token um, can decide over what happens with the treasury, and they can make proposals into software development. But I could assume, like, if they want to decentralize all this, I can assume that that will change, right? That there's, yeah, there's going to be more of a governance process involved and they can maybe even decide
1: not just input ideas, but also decide. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is a concerning point in
4: like the growth, as in, like you say, if the supply is going to 10x until it gets the max supply, then that demand has to absorb that supply somehow. Um, yeah. And I mean, currently that directly maps to the amount of users that, well directly, I mean, it somewhat maps to the amount of users that are going to sort of uh, be heavier uh, users in there. I mean, because like, for example, if you don't trade much, um I mean, it probably doesn't make sense to hold tokens, right? I mean, it only makes sense yeah, if yeah. you are sort of like a full DGN. <laughs> and uh, so like, the demand for that—that is that going to have to absorb that supply—is directly mapped to people that are going to be more engaged in trading, right? Which is a pretty small category to yeah. be aiming at.
0: Yeah, I wonder how they would have modeled this or simulated this out. Yeah, I mean, it was like, how, yeah, because I mean, yeah. it sounds weird to me, right? Like <laughs> that they're going to have like ten x their token. Yeah. Circulating supply from here, like how many, like how are you going to 10x the amount of trade volume or yeah, people holding your token? And the only demand driver is really that you can reduce your fees.
4: Unless, like Lois said, maybe there's like a dividend in the future, yeah. Or,
3: I mean, with the next, um, you know, with uh, so I, I suspect that they're trying to decentralize. And maybe even keep the order book off chain to So that there's not so much transparency also for regulators. Leverage trading is always controversial, right? (laughs) So because it typically, uh, retail investors, like normal investors, like you, all of you guys and I, unless you have like some crazy credentials that nobody knows about. Um, we usually, we just lose a bunch of money using leverage, right? So. Um, but it's great for exchanges because they can make a ton, Be, especially if they have the order book. That means they're they're the counterparty to the trade, and you know, just like in a casino, usually a casino wins, right? The house always wins. <clears anyway. throat> um. So when I hear there's a foundation involved, most likely it's in Panama or somewhere else, you know, where there's very liberal jurisdiction. And my, so this is all this is all speculation on my end, just just from listening to this. That I have a strong feeling that this might become like a really uh, like a gray area sort of exchange and they're maybe trying to take the space of BitMEX or Deribit some other high leverage exchanges where like the regulators are slowly cracking down on those and then with the next bull market I could easily see that they can 10x maybe even 100x the trade volume if that really happens but that's all speculation My my opinion just my interpretation no idea if that's true
4: or not. I mean that somewhat aligns with, I guess, like the move to Cosmos on like the play of sovereignty and whatnot. Um, but yeah, speculative. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I don't know. So you you did you write on you wrote a bunch on Cosmos, right, Mason?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it does make sense. Like, I, I think the the reason there's another tweet actually from the DYDX founder that I can't find currently, but he sort of. Went into more detail as to why, and it was more along the lines of scalability issues. Now, it does make sense to um, the fact that uh, if you are a Cosmos chain, you have a lot more uh, decision-making power over like everything that you do, right? Um, so that I think is also important, um, but it, it sort of like depends what what type of application you are, right? Um, but
1: that's that's why I said it, it sort of makes sense with. Uh, with regulation, maybe. So it's like all a regulatory thing that they're doing. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, I ju- I just meant that the they have more power to be, to
4: like uh, decide over every single uh, like point, uh, like every all all the way along the stack. I guess you could say. Um, yeah. And they don't yeah. have to sort of confine. To what Ethereum sort of uh, wants, yeah.
0: or or the layer two, I think they're on some layer two arbitrum. Well, yeah. yeah, one of those.
4: Maybe, and that also is because if they're going to become a uh, a Cosmos chain, I guess that is a, another demand driver. In that, uh, maybe DYDX is going to be the uh, the gas token, so you would have like.
1: Somewhat of a demand based on just usage. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're their own blockchain. Is that is yeah. that how they work on Cosmos? You just have your own. Everybody, yeah. every. For a chain, you're a standalone. Yeah. yeah,
4: you're a standalone right. chain. Yeah, like uh, Osmosis is like yeah. the. Uh, they want to be like the Dex. Uh, the the idea is that, for example, in Ethereum, you have like this base layer, and then you've got uh, applications that are built on top of it. Uh, And they sort of have to confine to certain aspects um, of that chain, but then in Cosmos, it's like this ecosystem where each application is its chain in itself, right? And they use their own uh, token uh, as like the gas token. Um, Yeah. So I guess from that point of view, the demand for DYDX doesn't like it's actually better because uh, then it isn't simply dependent on I guess, like uh, heavy traders just wanting a discount, it could actually map to just like normal people um, who yeah. trade not too frequently, but also need to pay gas, right?
0: Yeah. But then they would, I mean, they wouldn't, that wouldn't be their revenue. They would have to pay that to, because of proof of
1: stake, they would have to pay that to stakers, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it wouldn't it, really, I guess yeah. it's, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'll kind of, kind of give the tokens like some utility so you can use it to pay for transactions. But um, that's that's if you come from Arbitrum, where <laughs> I guess it costs like almost nothing to trade. That's almost like a downgrade.
4: <laughs> yeah, possibly. I mean, like in uh, Osmosis, for example, they do have free transactions, and the mm-hmm. idea is that uh, if you don't use it that much, you just use free transactions. But then uh, if you want stuff done quicker and um, you just tend to start using the osmo token um, just because it's better, yeah. right? it's just easier and quicker for you to get stuff done, yeah, yeah, so yeah. in that aspect, uh, I guess they could it could even be better than Arbitrum for like lay users,
1: okay, yeah, but then the the, the institutional or professional traders they would they would potentially have Maybe. to pay more?
4: Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. I've not really thought about it.
1: Mm. Okay, yeah. They also
0: have some uh, forum discussions going on on like, implementing a voting escrow token and gauges to distribute rewards. So, yeah, that's, that's also something where I thought like this could be quite interesting for the protocol. Like, it's like, it's like the, in Uniswap, the fee switch. Right, everybody's, I think everybody's trading Uniswap based on this assumption.
1: Yeah. Because I think they're going to implement a fee that then accrues to the treasury. And so for, for them, maybe it's something similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
4: like, like especially yeah. if you compare it to like GMX, for example, which does something similar, but the way they go about it is quite different, right? They have like the... Uh, the GLP stuff Um, and that like Lova said, I mean the house, like the house tends to win. Right. And that sort of, it benefits um, people quite differently. And they also have, uh, so I think if you're for example, a holder of the GLP token, which is, it's just a a basket of assets, right. Um, Mm -hmm. That traders trade against. um, There's a benefit to holding that. And then I think from holding that you get, some form of escrow, GMX, or something like that. It's, it's slightly different than the uh, the curve model, um, but you do get uh, you do get a token that is that has a better demand driver, like has a better uh, demand mechanism rather. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. And like, it's I don't know which I would sort of like say is gonna be the winner, but like they both seem to be taking quite different approaches really
1: yeah, yeah well at least it's not a ponzi so that's good <laughs> yeah it doesn't seem to be it seems to be like pretty normal also not too crazy i think what they could work on is this value accrual part right that the token has yeah. something for it maybe to re-governance i don't know but aside from that yeah like, so what,
4: yeah. what advantage would there be over a traditional uh, exchange, like that allows for perpetuals?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Is there no, KYC? KYC? Okay. no KYC. Okay. I guess that's the main. I, I recently read on Twitter that they have
0: announced something, some form of oh I yeah, know, KYC. But I saw that and people were upset about it. I forgot yeah. what it was.
4: It wasn't um,
1: compulsory, but yeah, it was uh, yeah. It's a yeah, fingerprint kind yeah. of thing. I remember. I can't
0: find it now, but I think they yeah they said something on that. But yeah, I I, I don't think you have to
1: KYC. And so with centralized yeah. exchanges, yeah, you definitely do. Mm. Yeah, I found the tweet that they're apologizing, so I'll just post it in the. Um, okay. Oh, wrong link. What um oh, Sorry, I didn't catch it earlier. What can you trade on there? Like
0: ETH, um, futures, perpetuals, general leverage. But so, um, but
1: ETH is like the main uh, token
3: you
0: can trade. You no, know, like all sorts so, of all sorts of tokens. I think. Okay. you're like Bitcoin.
1: Because yeah, because they have this um. Well yeah, they have Ethereum, Bitcoin,
0: Cardano, Bitcoin Cash, Dogecoin, Chainlink, Solana, Monero.
1: And then a whole bunch of ERC twenty tokens. Okay. Yeah. Um <clears throat> yeah, without KYC, I think that's the
0: that's the main advantage or the main benefit, right? Low low fees or no
1: fees is what they say deep liquidity up to 20x more buying power. Yeah. I think yeah, it's an interesting. Interesting thing, but to me like the, the main thing
0: of concern is this that there's only 100 million tokens in circulation and they have a billion of total supply.
1: Mm, it's So wide gap. And
0: Yeah, and so then in January 2023,
1: they have like a huge unlock coming up. Um, That's going to be interesting. I'm not a trader, so I,
0: I've got no idea how to how how this would work. But it it just yeah,
1: if you look at the vesting chart, it just goes like hockey stick from January onwards. So that's the I think like the date to watch out for. And I suppose that's why they scheduled the
3: announcement for going more decentralized around the same time. Right. So hopefully
1: hopefully that would bring some demand Uh, in some form. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean,
3: it's cool. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a cool project overall. Just curious to see how it'll shake out. Um, I just actually coincidentally just saw a tweet where um, somebody said that these decentralized exchanges that allow leverage is one of the most common and like biggest, uh, what do what you say? Like biggest, fastest growing DeFi application, but they're Ooh. all very similar, right? So they're very, there's not, for traders, there doesn't really seem to be much incentive to stick with one or the other. So they'll probably just go take their, um, their orders i guess or you know whatever business they bring just take it to whichever exchange treats them the best be very similar Other probably feeds, yeah yeah exactly It'd be very similar to uh stake uh, i guess stakers or liquidity providers just go wherever the apy is the best and then there's not really much holding them there right so it'll
0: be yeah yeah i think it's like a really low margin business almost like all right so you cutthroat somebody can just spin up something similar and as long as yeah. it has the liquidity. Yeah, people can, can go and use that. But yeah, I think like through this centralized thing, they might know a lot of people or have good connections to um yeah, institutions that have
1: liquidity and provide it to their order books. Yeah. So they can I use that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if it... isn't if it's can you hear me? No. now, Okay. okay.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, because if it isn't like community sourced um, liquidity, then I mean the slippage shouldn't be bad, right? And uh, if it's going to be deep liquidity provided by institutions, then traders are going to go where there's less uh, less slippage, right? So maybe that is an advantage of having currently having like an order book with with deep
1: pockets. Um, which is this, which is centralized now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, possible, might be. Yeah, yeah. That could be like one of the good the benefits of this. Oh. So, what are the competitors? You said GMX. Yeah, GMX. Um, what was the other one called now? i sec, just gonna be... Yeah. I think it's this one. Yeah, perp. I've not looked at this whatsoever. But
4: I just know it's uh, posted it in, okay. in general. Yeah. Um, perpetual protocol. Okay. I have no idea how it works or anything. I'm not sure of the model or, or anything like that. But it does say provide liquidity there. So <laughs> I guess that's slightly
1: different.
0: Yeah, it seems like more of a um, yeah decentralized,
1: classic approach. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I maybe mean, it would be cool to do a comparison because, like, yeah. I mean, what is really interesting is that they, they seem to do, be doing well in, in terms of revenue.
0: Right? Like, mm-hmm. So, this, this token terminal thing, they're, they're, they're doing a lot more revenue than GMX. Now, I don't know how they measure it. It's like I read this article a while back that, yeah, you can't really trust these numbers here. But anyway, like there must be a reason for why they're so they have so much more revenue than GMX. Maybe it will be interesting to see the trade volume for both of these, but I'm not sure if they
1: disclose that kind of information. Yeah. Yeah, comparison would be would be pretty decent actually. Yeah. Let's see. Maybe that would be the next call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, their volume over the last, I'm not not sure if I can trust this, but that's 860 million over the last 24 hours. Let me see if I can find a comparison of these um, volume. There's just too many. I can't really filter so we've got Binance and then a long wait until I find DYDX on place number 39 and yeah GMX seems to be lower than that but I can't find it so yeah anyway yeah
0: maybe, maybe we can do that is there? Do we have anybody working on GMX? I think that that'd be an interesting one to write about.
4: Yeah, we do actually. Are hearing it? Um, okay. Somebody, one of the trial members, is is currently working on it.
0: Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, hopefully that um yeah that gets finished. That'd be cool. Yeah. To see how that works.
4: <laughs> yeah, then we could do anyway, like, a comparison yeah. video.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any questions? Comments? Anything on this DYDX talk on the protocol? Well, okay. There's one. How do I? Oh, Lobe's noise? Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Hey, can you hear me, guys? Yes.
2: Great. Well, I joined the call late, so sorry if you know you covered stuff that i I might be asking about. But you know, essentially, DIX, you know, you know, their inspiration for the uh, for the business and how they operate obviously comes from you know, broker brokerage firms, you know, in a traditional market like trading firms and whatnot, right? So, so there are plenty of those available in um, you know traditional finances. I mean, this is how they operate. This is how they work. I mean, pretty much, um, like you know. I don't know if you're familiar with let's say interactive brokers right that there there's a big mm-hmm. one, for instance, international yeah. finances. so essentially that's what they offer. I mean they have built their their platform pretty much inspired by by those uh, pioneers you know in the traditional finances and and they try to sort of offer similar products
1: with you know with with I mean within the crypto right that's that's what it is yeah that, that's That's what it is.
0: But, and because there are so many different products, I guess, in the crypto space that cover trading, um, they really focus on perpetuals,
1: futures, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what else. Right, but but, but when you say futures,
2: I mean, you don't mean like CME futures for Bitcoin and ETH, right? I mean, you mean futures, their own futures, right? I mean, the YDX futures or Binance futures, those kind of futures product, right?
0: What What's the difference?
2: Um. Well, the CME, that's the, you know, that's the exchange in uh, in, in Chicago, right? So uh, yeah. where, and over there you have, I mean, they, they don't have, trade Aave, have,
0: right? They don't trade like no, futures no, no. on Aave, yeah.
2: No, 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 they have, I mean, they have within- They have Bitcoin, you know, right? Exactly, they have Bitcoin and EVE, I think. Uh, and yeah. they, I mean, they have like two sizes, you could say of uh, futures contracts there is like a standard and i think mini or, or micro I can't remember what precisely the name is but essentially i mean they are traded they're regulated products right they are traded the same way as wheat futures yeah. oil oil yeah. futures are traded right so so obviously those are highly regulated there is you know deep liquidity for those uh, for those futures um and whatnot so so over there when you trade um essentially you're trade goes to the actual exchange right it's being you know traded obviously you know the broker facilitates the trade um but then there is you know a buyer somewhere in you know in the world that or seller that you know that that you basically buy or sell uh to so 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 those are like you know the futures that are that are that are regulated but then the futures dydx offers are essentially what, what probably Binance and other centralized exchanges have, and they kind of um, drawn that? That's how they kind of offer their products?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, thanks. That, it, it's definitely their own, right? They have their own um, order books, market makers, and mm-hmm. they have their own liquidity providers. So it's completely isolated, I guess,
1: from yeah, Binance
0: them. or CME or anything else. Oh, right. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: their own trading world. Yeah, so, so, so definitely, I mean, that comes with risks
2: in a way that essentially, I mean, uh, they they decide, or DYDX decides, all their terms and conditions, right, of basically whatever happens, all the trades, and how they happen, and, I mean, they can... I guess, okay, it's, well, it's not... Is it actually blockchain? You know, they have, they have their own... Sidechain, they they operate on the sidechain, like, aren't they? Yeah yeah, it's off-chain. Off-chain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. but then uh, I imagine at some point the trades, I don't know, when they close the day, I mean, the trades are then settled on chain. So, you know, whatever happened off chain within their own uh, environment ecosystem is then the information is then moved to on chain. I mean, that's what the, how they do mm. that, or that's you know absolutely no, off chain. No.
0: I, I think it all happens off chain, and um, you and I think like I mean this is not a like cross chain or anything. I think they just mm-hmm. keep different wallets of like Bitcoin balances and Ethereum balances. So if you trade these, you won't get that back paid back out, but you will get paid out the the difference right in USDC. Um. So I think everything is, is just settled in
1: in USDc on mm-hmm. Ethereum, and that's what you get. And yeah, probably they then have some
0: mechanism to, to settle between an Ethereum mm-hmm. or Bitcoin or whatever to settle that off chain.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I was much again. Uh, I haven't explored so much the futures. Uh, the, the future contracts that UITX offers but you know in traditional finances i mean you would have i mean you trade the futures for bag obviously the settlement is in what well, most likely u.s dollars Um, but then you know every futures has this kind of settlement date right because futures is a contract that has expiry date and yeah. once you have crossed this uh settlement date or expiry date then then, well, then you know the, uh, the 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 exchange will ask you, all right, well, please provide us with oil tanker here and there because you have, I don't know, hundred thousand yeah, yeah. of, uh, of 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 barrel of, of crude to uh, to receive on that date, right? So uh, I'm just wondering if Dydx also offers that you can actually choose to have your contract settled in the actual, you know, uh, crypto that no, you are, I don't think so. you, you, you trade. No, no, not, okay. you don't think so, okay?
0: Yeah. Because C- that, no, would be like the way I can log in here, right? If I go to if I go to their site, I can log in with MetaMask, but I can't mm-hmm. connect with any like Bitcoin wallet. So I couldn't, I can't deposit Bitcoin. So I don't think. And I mean, this would be like a completely new set of technology involved, right? Like a decentralized mm-hmm. cross chain exchange. That's possible, but I don't think they have that in here. That this seems way too complicated for that. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually, those. Um, so just my i'm familiar with bitmex and darabit the centralized exchanges offering similar product and they will always cash cash settled so they they mm-hmm. yep. call it okay. cash settled but basically it's settled in the same asset that you're trading so you can you know you can you can transfer eth in and then you can trade eth with it um and your if, if you do futures or options or just perps your gain or losses are just credited in eth and same for bitcoin but then on Deribit, you, I mean, same exact thing, but you had to transfer in Deribit and uh, sorry, Bitcoin. And you actually couldn't, um, you could, for a long time, you couldn't even convert between the two. You had to literally fund the account separate. But I don't know if mm-hmm. DYDX is the same, but I, I'm sure they're doing the no, cash no, settlement no. because Just it's...
0: in USDC on ETH. So you can deposit USDC on ETH. You can do a perpetual contract in Bitcoin. And then if you want to withdraw, you're going to withdraw USDC on Ethereum. Okay. So you yes, never it's, actually it's, touch Bitcoin, I think it just happens yeah. in their order books.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, they what they do is pretty much accounting and you know settling the difference, right? Yeah. To yeah, their account. yeah.
0: Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I mean, but yeah, f- certainly I'm just. Thing so, and you guys mentioned they offer the offer lever trading, so I imagine I mean, you have to provide the margin and then you can you know trade as long as you maintain the margin, right? For a given product, yeah, yeah,
0: that's how it works, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, because what is what is interesting, I mean, with margin trading, it's like um, let's imagine you know, I open a position with a, with a margin, I mean, my margin is let's say a thousand you know, USDC. Um, to trade, uh, what I think the, the, the leverage is up to 20 20 times you mentioned. So that would be that would be yeah. 20k right worth in whatever, uh, let's say ETH. And then there is a, you know a crash in the market. I mean, if if price declines, they I mean the question is like how fast they can liquidate your position because uh, that you know can can happen that you actually that they you know that the loss on your on your position wipes out your margin. And then it goes negative, and then who takes the hit? Is yeah, it DYDX yeah. or is it you? I mean, since, I mean, you're anonymous, it, it right? It can't be you don't do
1: KYC.
2: Yeah, you don't do KYC. So so there is a risk for DYDX there, right? And so, I mean, how fast they can liquidate those positions if there is, like, you know, a sudden event in the market, right, where the prices, I mean, can go both directions, up and down, because you can go short and long, right? So, yeah, yeah.
1: No, oh, yeah, good point. So, yeah,
0: so, could could be the case. Yeah, but it it can't be the user because they are there's there's no KYC.
2: No, exactly. Yeah. So 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 so, so it is DYDX. So so the crucial. I mean, I guess uh, for like for the success of their of their of, their, of the a big risk to mitigate is like you know how fast they can they can liquidate positions if they yeah. run out of margin, right? Those those accounts.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Isn't that where the safety module comes in. I think this the safety module is only for stuff like um, shortfall events, like smart contract risk. I'm not sure where they, yeah, they they always say like shortfall events, and then they, yeah, they kind of define it as smart contract risk. So this would have nothing to do with um, liquidating yeah. trades. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, really interesting.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I just just, you know, I, I just, yeah. just 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 wanted to share some of my experiences, basically, you know, from traditional uh, financial markets and how that might be translating into the because essentially this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to kind of mimic what you know, brokerage firms oh, yeah, doing in yeah. yeah. the traditional markets.
1: Yeah. 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 So no, sorry, I didn't
2: want to kind of go too much, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, <laughs> or derail the conversation too much. I was just curious if, if you guys oh, know how. Like, yeah. how...
1: I- interesting insights, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I-, I guess like we were about to finish off, really, like the last question. So um, yeah, thanks a lot.